0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg breaking down college football from a different angle. It's the College Football Film Room podcast. Welcome into the college football film room. I'm Scott Seidenberg, joined as always by veteran scout coach and consultant Chris Landry. From LandryFootball.com, a reminder, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the College Football Film Room wherever you get your podcasts from, or check us out on the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V.com. Chris is back from the NFL Scouting Combine. We'll react to what happened in Indianapolis. But first, Chris, let's get some of the news out of the way and what's going on around the country in the world of college football. A couple of coaches getting some contract extensions. Yeah, Jay
1: Norvell getting one. James Franklin's got a new six-year deal. And James, uh, man, I I admire James. James does a real – he knows how to work the system and get his name on the outskirts of every job out there. And um, he's done a good job at Penn State. Some may say not quite to the level that they expect. But he's done a good job, got a six-year extension. He's in good shape there. And as long as they continue to have problems at Vanderbilt – you know, people will still look and say, "Man, that guy actually won at Vanderbilt." It'd uh, be interesting to see whether he can take things up at the next level. Uh, you know, at the combine, man, he's you know he's got a few guys that are coming out in this draft that are really good, and his recruiting has gone well. So we'll see if James can kind of take the program to the next level. But um, you know, probably well deserved, and somebody that you know, I was thinking, you know, with Matt Rule getting the Panther job, you know that that was the ideal you know, guy for Penn State if James Franklin were to ever leave or they needed to move on from him. But with Matt Rule not likely to, to leave the NFL, uh, even to go back to his alma mater, you know, I don't know that, that, that you run the risk of uh, not locking up a guy like that. So I do think that life's good for James Franklin. He's done a good job. He's gotten great results in terms of contracts. And I do think having Matt Rule to the NFL only eases a little bit of the pressure from him Scott I, I do I think that was always out there that you know that they could always go to Matt
0: yeah it's a fair point point. Uh, and, and there's really you don't want to say that there is not pressure on a coach to win because there's always pressure on a coach to win but I think there's an understanding when it comes to the Big Ten that Penn State is currently the number three team fighting to be the number two team in that conference <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, you know, the thing about it is Ohio State's the big boy. Um, there's a great deal of criticism of Jim Harbaugh yep. in Michigan not really challenging Ohio State. There's not as much criticism of Penn State basically not doing any better. I mean, you could kind of point here or there that maybe certain points in times that Penn State's been a little bit better. But if you look at Penn State, you look at Michigan, you're looking at kind of similar tracks. I mean, different but kind of similar results. Um, No, it is interesting. I do think there's maybe greater expectations at Michigan. Um, You know, I do think that if there's an opening to get to the number two spot, I mean, Penn State is very capable with Michigan underachieving to some degree. Uh, the 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 path is there to get to number two in uh, the conference, uh, you know. But but right now it's it's it is you're right, a kind of a battle between who's two and who's three. And I do agree that most people look at it as well. Penn State's the third best now. Penn State fans, I don't think are comfortable with that, but I, I think there's a lot of belief that yeah, you know, if they're kind of in there and they're winning and going to big bowls, um, you know, and maybe in the mix. I just don't think people expect them to beat Ohio State. I just think Ohio State's that much better. They're not like Clemson separating from the rest of their league. Yeah. Good. But Ohio State, when you consider Ohio State and the fact that they've got some really good teams in the Big Ten, Ohio State really is the king. And I don't see that closing. I don't see Penn State or Michigan coming that close to Ohio State talent-wise. In recruiting, while being good, they're not Ohio State good.
0: Well, you mentioned Ohio State, and they are the top dog in that conference. Their top running back, Master Teague, who is taking over for J.K. Dobbins, he's banged up, and he's going to be out a bit and not going to be able to participate in spring practice. What's the latest you're hearing about this injury?
1: Yeah, he's going to be out all of spring, so we'll have to see. And obviously, they moved – Marcus Crowley over, um, you know, from, uh, to, to receiver. So maybe they'll make some moves there. They're going to need to get some reps, more people to get some reps at, uh, at running back, you know, steel chambers. You got to love that name. Don't you Steel <laughs> chambers? Yes. Is the, the young man is kind of the, the, the guy, um, that's really the only guy right now He's the red shirt freshman really get back the top 300 player in the uh, the two, 2019 class, 6'2", 215. He's the main guy in practice now. But they're going to need to get some other bodies there to work and uh, to get some quality work. And, look, I always looked at spring as an opportunity when you have one of those situations. It's tough for, for Master Teague, but it's an opportunity for somebody else yes. to start to make a name for themselves because you've got a lot of talented guys. And now you're going to get more reps, and now you're going to be more prepared for fall practice than you would have been had, you know, Master take been available. Master looked like he was clearly, uh, well, he was going to be the guy. He was going to replace J.K. Dobbins and be the guy. And I don't have any reason that he won't, uh, but he we're going to have to wait to the fall uh, for him to get back. And I don't know the severity. They're very tight-lipped about their injuries, and that's fine. Um, but we'll see, you know, I'm assuming at this point, it's always dangerous to assume, I'll, I'm assuming he's going to be ready for fall, and I haven't heard that uh, heard otherwise that he wouldn't be.
0: Last week, Chris, you and I talked about Alabama losing their strength coach to Georgia, and this week they have found their replacement.
1: Yeah, you know, and, uh, you know, it's interesting how this place, <laughs> there's a lot of hand-wringing down south about, uh, particularly Alabama fans. Oh, why is Scott Cochran there? And th- then it comes out that Scott Cochran actually took a pay cut to go to Georgia and be the special teams coordinator. So the sky is falling. And so they're going to get Aaron Held from Oregon. That was the rumor and all of that. Aaron was, you know, was, uh, the strength coach at Oregon for Mario Cristobal. And he's got Alabama ties and yada, yada, yada. And people just made assumptions. But, you know, Nick Saban had looked at a number of guys and David Ballou from, um, from Indiana is the guy that he selected. It's going to be the new strength coach at Alabama and then guy that's been around Notre Dame. He's been at Indiana. Um, I can tell you those guys are, he does a really good job with the, uh, the players, the, the players at Indiana. A lot of those guys are really strong. Um, so, um, I know Nick, I know him well, he's done his homework and finding the guy that's maybe, Uh, wanting to to make that move, and it is not an easy place to work, and not an easy guy to work for, but they've got their guy, and uh, everything is still up in arms about is the sky falling? Is it over? And you know, there's a lot of that, you know, feeling of maybe maybe this is it, or you know, there's a lot of a lot of different uh, forms of consternation about where the program is because obviously it's national championship or it's a bad year for them.
0: Absolutely. Let's get into the NFL combine, okay? Because you had a fun time out there in Indianapolis. I know you were very busy. And a lot of the conversation was certainly about the players that that shined. And and I'm not going to sit here and go through each player that actually exceeded expectations or or did not live up to expectations. I want to talk about some of the more serious issues, which are the injuries. Uh, players that were dis- discovering injuries in the physical, like Thaddeus Moss, and he's going to have to undergo surgery. Uh, Jeffrey Okuda, who got hurt in the drills. Um, you also have uh, Laviska Chenault, the talented wide receiver, who's going to be out for a while with surgery. Of the injured players, which one garnered the most conversation uh, about their injury in the Well,.
1: The the ones that always concern me the most is if it's recurring or a problem. So, like of the guys that you mentioned, and even some that you didn't, it's probably more Lavisca Chenault because he's had he's been dealing with some injuries. Now you got to be careful. You know, there's assumption. Well, he's injury prone. He just may have never quite healed. So that needs to be kind of cleared up. And now's the time to get it fixed and you know get your medical prognosis with proper healing. Can we correct it, and will he be fine? And is it more of an injury-prone situation? Uh, Do we feel that the the body's not long for the league, and, you know, some guys are not. So that's probably the most concerning. Um, You know, Thaddeus Moss and Van Jefferson, they just had a Jones fracture in their foot, and that was uncovered. And so, like, like, look, go get it fixed and get healed. That's not a real problem. Akuta's fine, he just, you know, he hit himself in the head, so, you know, stopped doing the workouts, and it, it doesn't look like there's anything there, and so, um, the the hamstrings, or just something that happens at the combine, that that's not a real, you know, difficult circumstance, but again, it's the ones that maybe have, either you worry about them having longevity issues, arthritic conditions, or something that just may limit their durability onto the next level and so I don't know that that's the case with Chanel but that's the one thing that concerns me cuz I can tell you he is an elite player. Yeah. I mean he does some some Michael Thomas type things um on the field um but you just you wonder a little bit about what you're getting health-wise. So that's why you got to rely on your doctors and not try to not try to protect you but just try to make sure that they get to the bottom of the problem and whether it's a potential recurring or just because it's recurred, it just may be that he played with it, never took the time to get it fixed because he's playing or whether there's something more there. And, and you have that sometimes with certain certain body types. Like I'll, I'll address to Tua. You know, everything's fine. He's on course. He's not going to work out at Alabama's pro day. He's going to have his own pro day in April everything looks good and, and everything is on pace to it's ahead of schedule, blood flow. Uh, all those things look good. So it's great. The The issue to me is not about, well, is he going to be healthy for the start of this? I, I don't think you take this guy with the idea that he may be ready or not. I, I don't know if he's going to be ready this year. He's going to, he's going to recover from the hip. The issue is are you concerned, not from a health standpoint, but are you concerned from a body makeup standpoint that he's going to have a durability issue? Is that something that's real? Look, injuries occur in football, and everybody goes through them. It's a 100% injury factor in this league. But do you have a body that potentially is fragile? I mean, he's had the ankle injuries. He's had the type rope procedures from both. So he's been basically for a couple of years has dealt with injuries. How much of a risk do you think that is? That's the only issue with him because I think everything else shakes up well. He's going to go top five, but how good he's going to be is obviously going to be tied to his availability, you know, and how not how quickly he can get back on the field, but how consistently he can stay on the field. Because I, I do worry a little bit about him in terms of as he take hits, his body doesn't doesn't look like ideally it maybe could withstand the rigors of getting hit a lot, and that's something that everyone's going to have to make their own
0: determination on. Chase Young didn't work out at the Combine, but he is going to work out at Ohio State's mm-hmm. Pro Day. And a lot of people have issues with this because, uh, you know, I spoke to Mike Tannenbaum last week, and he said he'd rather see these guys work out at the Combine. He wants to see them go up against uh, the other players and, and have a little sense of competition and whatnot. And he, you know, everybody from the NFL is there, and he'd rather see people work out at the Combine. So, some people have an issue that if you're not working out at the Combine because you don't want to be known as a workout player or you just want to show up in camp and, and and put your best foot forward because that's what he has said publicly. Chris, he said, "I don't want to be a combined player. I want to get ready, and as soon as training camp opens, whoever I'm drafted by, I come out the gate and I'm the best I can be." But then, why work out at Ohio State's pro day? And the question, I guess, I, I want to phrase it to you is: Is is he working out at Ohio State's pro day? Not so much for him to showcase? Because let's be honest, whether he works out or not, he's still the best player available in this draft. But by him working out at the pro day, he hooks his teammates up. Because if he doesn't work out, there's going to be a lot less people showing up in Columbus to that pro day. Well, there are a lot of good players
1: at Ohio State, and you might have uh, a few decision makers that wouldn't show up uh, that will show up if he works out. So it it has a little bit of that, but there are going to be a lot of people showing up. So that really more applies if he was at, uh, Ohio university where, Mm -hmm. you know, then, (laughs) then, then really he's, he's, you know, because then you're bringing in guys that are not invited to the combine that are his teammates. Listen, that's, that's not why he's doing it. He's doing it because these guys like to control the environment. um, you know, look, for guys like him, it, it won't matter. I too like to see them work out. I just accept the fact that they're not. Um, it's not a waste because if they go there and get their medicals, that's the most important thing. Um, how he runs and times are not going to have an effect on whether I take him at two, because uh, I would. Um, so, you know, I think in his case it's unique and you see maybe a guy or two like that every year that's unique for, for others. I think it matters. I mean, I think even for a guy that's a top five guy, it might make the difference great work. it might cement you being the second pick of the fifth pick. And that matters. That matters financially. Um, for him, it probably doesn't, he's probably not going one and he's probably not going three, you know, unless somebody moves up at quarterback and that's a possibility, then, you know, he's, he's probably going to. Um, you know, for me, it's just more about he's going to work out. Probably, he, he probably doesn't need to even do it at Ohio State. He will do it. I think the fact that uh, he can compete and do it, why not do it at the Combine? Well, listen, I ran the Combine, and I've, I've said all along, if we want to do this and, and eliminate the workouts – what we do is we have the combine just a tad later, like a week later, and we eliminate on-campus workouts. And we say that you can only work out in one place. And for anybody that's medically not cleared to work out, we'll re- rework them out at Indy in, you know, two weeks prior to the draft. That, that's the way you do it. But is, when we allowed the on-campus workouts, that became a leverage or uh, for the elite player, they don't need to work out. They don't need to throw. They don't need to do this or that. If you're going to be the elite player, you don't need to. But all the rest of them, you're you're jockeying for trying to impress and do every little thing right, compete, and all those little put your best foot forward all the time because you want to be the, the pick. So even if you're Peyton Manning, you know, and you're trying to be the number one pick over Ryan Leaf or what have you, it matters, but in his case, it's one of the rare cases where it doesn't really matter. Now, if there was not a quarterback that was in the mix and, you know, it was maybe a chance that and let's say they had somebody similar. Um, if there's a chance that he could be the number, he might be more inclined to do it. He's just in a unique spot that he doesn't have to work out. He knows that his agent knows it, so he's kind of kind of do it on his own. On his own uh, time frame and when he wants, but I'd like to see all these guys work out and compete because we have to convert all the times. Because when you do it all in one place, you can compare apples to apples. But different surfaces affect things. And I always tell guys, look, you can do it. You can do the workout at your school, but you better understand I'm grading on a curve. <laughs> but it's the it's the opposite curve. Meaning, you know, if you work out here at the combine. You know, I don't expect you to work out as good as I expect you to work out uh, on campus. So your camp, your campus workout better be almost perfect because you're doing it your own way. You can control it. See, that's what people, the agents, tell these guys. No, no, no. Do it at you. We'll get your own guy, your own guy running it. You do what you want. Not with. Whereas at the combine, you kind of have to do it. And I agree. I I like the competitive aspect of the guy that says, damn it, I want to run. I want to lift because that guy got 24 on the bench. I want to get 25. Mm -hmm. I I like Mm -hmm. that. But am I going to sit there and say I'm not going to taste chase Young because he doesn't? Of course not. And he knows that.
0: And that's why he's not going to do it. Uh, One bit of news, uh, a little nugget that came out this week, uh, the Las Vegas Bowl, for all intents and purposes, is going to be the L.A. Bowl. The new L.A. Bowl will take place at the brand-new Home of the uh LA Rams and Chargers in Inglewood, California, beginning this uh, this season, 2020. It'll be the Mountain West Champs against the Pac 12 number five. So that's basically what the Las Vegas bowl was. Uh the Mountain West against the Pac-Twelve. But the Las Vegas Bowl, Chris, is actually changing locations from Sam Boyd to now the new home of the Raiders. And with the new upgrade in stadium, they actually revamped the bowl game and it's going to be Pac 12 against Big 10 or SEC. So, bigger game in Las Vegas and now a new game in Los Angeles.
1: A bigger game in Vegas which you think that just cuz it's Vegas and I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, you know, m- maybe they won't get a great crowd, but you know a lot may- maybe it's a better game and obviously it's a new new spot, new locale, that's big. I think you want to getting into the LA markets understandable but boy I, we don't draw flies for these bowl games to begin with yep. can you imagine in LA
0: oh
1: man there'd be a lot of empty seats in that yeah, I'm afraid, i imagine, I mean I guess
0: oh, what, uh, BYU against uh you know Colorado State I, mean, I don't I don't know what you're hoping for here you know BYU well, BYU against I guess you're hoping – well, no, because in a good year, you're hoping that USC and UCLA are, are rising up the Pac-12 standing. So, oh, you're going to get Washington State against, uh, you know, um, uh, San Diego State? I don't know.
1: And and I don't – listen, I mean, I, outside of when they're good, USC and UCLA, uh, Los Angeles does not draw well for oh. college. I mean, the Rose Bowl is just different. You know, and I'm talking about the Rose Bowl game. But, no, there there's a lot of empty – is it? ton of empty seats at usc mm-hmm. this year because of how they're playing so now you put it in there and as you mentioned so if usc's playing in that game you know maybe a few people go just to put their kids there there's just too much to do there i i i wish them well and uh i hope they can show the kids a good time but i, I don't know that uh, i expect that to to be much of an issue but you know look I'll be watching. I may be the only one. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you are. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's right.
0: So what do you got going on in the notebooks this week?
1: Oh man. We are just, we're, we're chalk loaded with recapping the combine and we've got a lot of news and nuggets on that. We obviously got a lot of information on uh, the NFL free agency. So we've got a lot of that going to get our free agency boards finished up free agency starts in the NFL soon, but we've got spring practice starting in college. So in our notebooks, yes, we've got, um, you know, the, the draft information on draft prospects from college. We've got recruiting information. Uh, We're dwindling down on some coaching movements, although we, every day we still had one or two little moves. um, Notre Dame filling out their staff, whatnot. And and then obviously spring practice is going to pick up. So we're going to keep you up to date on what's going on spring practice and and, uh, and uh, recruiting as well as the latest from the NFL draft from a college side. So uh, it's a great time to get involved with our scouting season offer. So check it out today, and uh, you think you we think you'll love it. Got all the detailed information there, and plus we got our um, a, a, a lot of good free stuff on there each and every day. So make sure you check that out.
0: Yeah, new podcasts every single day for free on LandryFootball.com, including this one and the Pro Football Film Room, where in this week's episode, we will react to the Combine and talk about which players shined and also where Tom Brady could play next season. Well, Chris, this has been fun. We will get back at it next week. There's going to be plenty more college football news to discuss. And then as we approach spring practice, we'll have to get into our State of the Program feature and start going around the country and focusing in on what these teams can do to improve for the 2020 season.
1: Until next week, Chris. Hey, look forward to it, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.